Some of us have probably seen uh, this verse at a football game or in the background, John 3.16. Thank you, Ron, for reading our scripture lesson. Have compassion for everyone you meet, even if they don't want it. What seems like bad manners or cynicism or conceit is always a sign of things no eyes have seen or ears have heard. You don't know what wars are going on down where the spirit meets the bone. But ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Come gather around people wherever you roam and admit that the waters around you have grown and accept it that soon you will be drenched to the bone if your time to use worth saving and you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone for the times they are a-changing. That, hopefully that line really comes back to you, sticks with me. These times are a-changing. Those involved in movements of peace or liberation often report that there is a certain spirit in the air in which everyone seems caught up in. We've heard of the spirit of 1776. Bob Dylan wrote this song in 1963 to serve as an anthem in a world that was experiencing civil rights movements and anti-war movements. Dylan encourages people to change, uh, to be the change that they hope to see, not unlike human rights leaders like Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr. And his lyrics call on everyone, writers, senators, parents, young, old, to join in being a positive force of change, to rise above status or privilege, to serve a greater good. And in casting a vision of going from what the world looks like to what it could be, we may not be surprised that in that song he turns to familiar text. The first ones now will later be last, for the times they are a changing. To live is to be in a state of change and transition. It is not only revealed by the branches of trees, but also in our living situations. Right when we get comfortable or have clarity, something always seems to shift below the surface. We are often forced to adjust on the spot. Maybe it's a change in our diets or our daily routines or our schedules or, or tasks or even our beliefs and values. But there are times where we are stuck. And there are times that are changing so much that we don't know how to begin again. So faced with many possibilities, we begin searching and seeking the spirit of some movement that leads us to new life. These were the people that were drawn to Jesus, and it's what draws us here 
this morning. Times were a-changing. Nicodemus seeks Jesus at night. Not during the day, but only when the sun goes down and night covers the town. Why is it night? Could he not sleep and went for a walk and just saw that the light was still on? Did he, want, did he not want to be seen as a Jewish leader conversing with this rabbi from Nazareth? Was there a risk to his position or status if, if others knew that he was going to Jesus? He seeks Jesus in the night, and Jesus welcomes him in. Nicodemus says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. We, we know. Perhaps we, the crowd of people that have been following Jesus, or we, the other Jewish leaders. We, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. And it becomes clear that Nicodemus can sense in Jesus God's ways, but cannot fully explain or commit to them. But he is curious. Many of us are like Nicodemus. We are gospel curious. We we recognize it as important, maybe even divine, but it's difficult to step into it. Let us simply look at forgiveness which is a key ingredient of the kingdom of God. Forgiveness makes little to no sense in our world. When someone does something that hurts us or takes advantage of us or or breaks relationship or commits a crime, what is the response? I mean, really think about that. What is the response? Is it punishment or silent treatment or some action or words that will hit back just as hard. Forgiveness doesn't feel like our go-to response. Yet throughout Scripture and in the teachings of Jesus, God forgives people's mistakes, their sins, their actions that miss the mark. And it really is amazing if you tune yourself to this from Genesis to Revelation that over and over again, God values relationship more than getting even. God will forgive. We may be gospel curious, but the practice of forgiveness is very hard to live out. What about grace? Our church is named after it. We sing about it. It's amazing, right? Grace is a gift that is not given because of merit or worth. It is simply given. God is gracious from whom all blessings flow, even the things we believe that we earn, our house, our job, our comforts, and our entitlements, is all grace. And just imagine if we didn't look at it as ours or from our own doing, but from God. But how radical is grace? In a society that is pretty comfortable blaming individuals for poverty and and seeing little responsibility to fully care for those who need help. Without prompt, 
As if Jesus understood the conflict within Nicodemus, who is questioning and seeking God in new ways, Jesus says, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Now, depending on your translation, the Greek word uh, may be translated differently. For that word, anothen, actually has two separate meanings at the same time. It means to be born again, but at the same time means born from above. So not only are you born again, but you are born above. You are born on another level. In fact, this other level may be where God's ways are not so radical or unthinkable or utopian, but where God's ways of forgiveness and grace, love and justice are the only ways to measure a meaningful and purposeful life. Jesus lived at that level to the point where we can't decide, is he human or is he divine? And so the church kind of said he's fully human and fully divine. That's how we got out of that one. But Jesus tells Nicodemus, do not be surprised when I say you must be born from above. For God's spirit blows wherever it wishes. In other words, if you are walking open, seeking you might feel a breeze out of nowhere. And you might be swept up in the movement of the Spirit. Last Saturday, church council met for our leadership retreat. We discussed uh, the downward trend of church attendance and membership across all denominations, and we were open about the real challenges that face the ministry here at Grace. We discussed our core values, faith, love, welcoming community, leadership, joy, slash fun, and how they point us to be the church now. And there was excitement about the ways in which the Spirit is being felt and what that could lead us to do. And then following the leadership retreat, some of us made our way downtown to Allen Chapel. Now, some of you may be familiar with its location and some of its history. It's at the corner of Pearl Street and Walnut Street, and you will see an old church there. For generations, it has been the black church in town, found in the black part of town. And you may know some of its members uh, pretty well, including the Saunders family, who have been very active in this community for a long time. But what you may not know is the name Scipio Smith. Scipio Smith was an African-American born in 1796 in Virginia, a slave state. When he was born, his master emancipated him, but because of a law, he could not be fully free until he turned 25. Well, he was around the age of 14 when he moved to Lancaster, which means he was still, by definition, a slave when he lived here in town. And he worked at Benjamin Smith's, uh, he worked Benjamin Smith's land here from 1810 to 1821 as a slave. 
When he was finally given his full humanity in 1821, Scipio learned to craft things out of tin. And in 1827, opened up his own tin business downtown Lancaster. And in 1825, Scipio founded an AME church that would later be named Allen Chapel. The current building was built in 1869, but throughout its history, it has welcomed fugitive slaves, free slaves, black Americans escaping racism or Jim Crow, and they found sanctuary and community and safety, and they told stories of a God that was gracious and loving and liberating. Michael Johnson, the historian that had brought this story to life, was very direct, very direct that this is our history that needs to be told now. That black history, which is our history, which is Lancaster's history, is important for our story now. The way I heard it was an invitation to be born again. Not of white supremacy or white privilege, but born of solidarity and empathy and familyhood. A value from above. I felt a breeze in his speech, and I know some of you were there, and you felt something too. Could that have been the movement of the Spirit? Even as church leadership discussed the new realities facing the church, we left with the thought that if God is not done, then we aren't done. That there is still a higher purpose, a higher calling for our church's ministry in the community. Could we advocate for the rights of trans peoples, or be a place known for engaging in anti-racism? Could that be the movement of the Spirit? John 3.16 comes with a lot of cultural baggage, but I do want to reclaim some of that. God so loved God so loved the world that God gave, that God gave us Jesus. So that everyone who believes in Jesus recognizes his ways from above will have fullness of life. We are left wondering if Nicodemus is transformed. But I'm convinced that he felt a breeze standing next to Jesus. For when he knocked, the door was opened even at that late hour. And his story does not end here in the gospel. He will show up twice more defending Jesus when he is accused. And he will bring spices to prepare Jesus' body. In the same way, in our seeking and in our questions, as, we, as the world changes day by day and our lives change by minute by minute, we can begin again. We can stay open to the movement of the Spirit. We know who we can turn to. And by God's grace, we can be born again and again from above. Amen. Amen.